You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Mike Degogne, a PhD who is the president of Inspire, a national Indigenous charity which awards Indigenous excellence and provides support for Indigenous post-secondary students. He has previously led uh, Nipissing. I'm going to say, you got to say that right for me when we finish this up, University in North Bay, Ontario, and the Aboriginal Healing Foundation. He is a professor of education and chair of the Federation of the Humanities and Social Sciences, and his research interests are in the areas of Indigenous reconciliation and governance. And he is a frequent lecturer on these issues to corporate and academic audiences. He is a member of the Northwest Angle 37 First Nation in Northwestern Ontario. Mike, thanks for being here. Thank you. A pleasure. Okay, you guys say that university name for me. Help me out here. Nipissing University. Nipissing. Nipissing. Okay. okay. Yes. Perfect. And it's named after the lake, which is nearby. Okay. Nipissing, lake Nipissing. Currently recording on site. You are in the area of Nipissing at the moment, correct? I am. I'm right here and just getting ready for convocation week. An old friend is receiving an honorary doctorate, and so I was hoping to be here. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay, Inspire. For those that are hearing that term or about the organization for the first time, give us a rundown of what Inspire is all about. It started for me actually 30 years ago, around about the time Inspire started. Wow. I took a job at the federal government with Indigenous Health. Okay. And there was a couple of people who said, we've got this great idea to reach out to the Indigenous community. So what we'll do is every year we'll choose 10 really exemplary, high-achieving Indigenous citizens. Mm -hmm. And what we'll do is we'll call it the National Native Role Model Program. Okay. And we'll put their image on a big poster and an inspirational quote. Yeah. And then we'll send these posters across the country to Indigenous high schools and grade schools. And that way there will always be role models and mentors for these young people. Yeah. And that's essentially how it started. Yeah. And so that was 30 years ago. And we had introduced the world to a group of Indigenous role models. Mm -hmm. And now 30 years later, this year, we will be giving our 400th person this National Native Role Model Award, which we now call the Inspire Award. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is incredible. That's And that happens once a year, correct? Happens once a year. In fact, this June 19th, Mm -hmm. in the evening, CBC will be showcasing these individuals at eight o'clock in Eastern. That is incredible. That's incredible. And then throughout the year, what is kind of like the day-to-day work of Inspire that gets you excited or that you, you also do? Well, throughout the year, we raise money mm-hmm. from all aspects of Canadian life mm-hmm. and create scholarships yeah. and bursaries for Indigenous post-secondary students. Yeah. So colleges, universities, that sort of thing. That is incredible. Yeah, that's what we do. And how does someone like apply for that? And what does the process look like for getting one of those amazing scholarships? Well, we have an application process yeah. and we try to get the word out in colleges and universities for Indigenous students to apply. Yeah. So there's um, processes through your school. Yeah. But you can also just go to our website and fill out a form and let us know sort of where you are and what your needs are and that sort of thing. One of the nice things I find about our grants and scholarships is that you don't have to only apply it, for example, to tuition. You can also apply it to living expenses and child care costs and transportation and all that, right? So it's sort of a wraparound. That's incredible. And as far as those that are listening right now in marketing, communications, advertising, they're saying, man, I really want to make a difference in the world. And, you know, I want to help an Indigenous person 
get education, get the wraparound support, how can they get involved and inspire? What does that look like? Well, we mostly provide the scholarship and bursary side of things. We also are actually a fairly significant employer of Indigenous people. And we like to bring in interns every year to give them a sense of what a nonprofit life is like. And a lot of our students are themselves people who are interested in making a contribution to Canadian life and so are looking for careers in the nonprofit sector. So we, we help in that regard as well. That is amazing. Amazing. And if someone wanted to maybe say like donate money towards a scholarship or earmark something for a scholarship, is that do you have those options or what does that look like? Yeah, we sure do. We also have a fairly robust program on the website to donate. And then through corporations and organizations like yours, for example, we reach out and form partnerships. If funds are available, we can uh, sometimes do matching funds and people double their money and, and there's more for Indigenous students. So that's how we work. That's awesome. So, and give context. So if someone who isn't Indigenous listening, there's the idea that, you know, if you're Indigenous, all your school is paid for, right? There's that old kind of adage or rumor. So kind of maybe break that rumor for us. And why is Inspire so important in today's age? Well, we address First Nations, Métis, and Inuit students. And so there is funding available, it's quite true, for First Nations students, generally who live on reserve. They apply through their home community. 50% of the people in First Nations people in Canada live outside of their communities. So they may not have strong connections to the community. There may not be money available to them. That money is often not enough to cover all of your expenses. So we cover those First Nations individuals who don't get money from their community or can't get enough from their community. We cover Métis students who have funds available to them, but certainly not enough for the significant Métis population we have in Canada. And then, of course, there's Inuit who can get money through their land claim organizations, but we also are there to fill in the gaps. So there is a quite a significant need out there for funding. It's not as rich or as comprehensive as mythology will tell you. And that's where we fill in. That's a beautiful way to explain it. Thank you, Mike. And, and again, those that are in branding and marketing, if Mike, you just gave a little micro lesson there, there's the term indigenous, which is like the parent brand. And underneath that brand, there's three sub brands. So Inuit. Métis and First Nations. So Mike, thank you for uh, for breaking that down for us. And again, all of them have different <laughs> experiences and culture and food and language. And again, I'm learning more and more. There's some people that aren't aware that there are sub-brands within the parent brand using marketing language here. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so that's one of the things that, as you say, we're trying to break down the idea that Indigenous people are all the same. They're just sort of one group And in fact, even First Nations groups, which are generally associated with the reserve system and the 630 First Nations communities that there are across Canada, even they have a great deal of cultural diversity from East Coast to West Coast. Yeah. I love you also said 50% of people are not living on reserve. There's urban Indigenous people that are living in cities and in suburbia, downtown. And what does that look like for them to access the support to go to school? Well, it's tricky, right? So a lot of our uh, First Nations, Métis, Inuit are living in cities. And so there is a network for them of support, often through the friendship centers. And so each town and city in Canada usually has some sort of a Indigenous friendship center. And that friendship center movement is sort of pan-Canadian. But at the same time, you know, the friendship center will offer its own programs. But there is a challenge in finding funding if you really need funding to go on to post-secondary. I think the other thing, too, is, is that a lot of people will get funding for their first degree. Yeah. And let's say they want to go on to graduate studies or to professional schools, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer. We fund a lot of that where others won't. 
a lot of the really high-end excellence in our community. And you don't just provide funding for public universities. You look at skills training schools as well. So career colleges and career schools, which I think is really cool that are very job focused, which is awesome. That's right. And so you've got, I guess, from a branding perspective, you really do have to focus in on one population or one particular issue within a population. And so it's not for us to say, oh, we fund all Indigenous people for their everything past high school. You know, we'll, we'll fund it. We do fund some trade schools, and we have some very specific partnership for trade schools. We do fund some colleges, mainly focus on universities. But what is it we're looking for? We're not the group to come to, for example, if you dropped out of grade nine and you want to sort of get back on your feet. And there's lots and lots of funding available for that sort of thing from different levels of government. So that sort of remediation. We're more on the end of, let's say, you know, you're a talented student and you want to move forward with your post-secondary education. That's where we, that's where we fill the gap. That's incredible. Yeah, if you're looking for some digital marketing students, some digital marketing talent that are also Indigenous, instead of always having to look outside for, you know, Indigenous consultants and what could it look like to have an Indigenous person at the water cooler with you or on Zoom with you or on Slack with you in your place of work, Inspire and Jelly Academy have been teaming up to provide scholarships and training, job skills training for Indigenous students to work in marketing, which is very exciting. And then this is the part of that I think provides some real richness because you say, well, okay, so you create a scholarship and you give money. That's one thing. But if you do a little history, sort of historical retrospective on Indigenous people and post-secondary education, you go back to 1975, that was sort of the first year that Indigenous people were really allowed to enter into post-secondary education. Before that, in order to become part of a university or college, we had to give up our rights as Indigenous people. And so if we consider ground zero as 1975, and we started to file into the universities in 1980, I mean, as recently as that, there may have been a few thousand students in the system, Indigenous students. Now there's over 150,000. So we've seen this explosion in demand. And so what we're now seeing is, although there's been a huge amount of demand, the numbers of different types of degrees and diplomas people are following are pretty narrow. So our students are really exposed, I think, to all the world of possibility out there about digital marketing and IT. And we've got, I think, a growing population of nurses and doctors and healthcare workers, but we don't really have much in the way of finance people. And there aren't that many Indigenous engineers. And in the IT sector, probably not that many people either. So we've got to do with the partnerships, for example, that we have, this encourages people to follow another path they might never have thought about. So that's the exciting part. Incredible. I would get emails from my nation's office and it would often be, do you want to take training to be a forklift driver? Do you want to be a first aid attendant? Do you want to be an esthetician? It would often be the blue collar jobs. Once in a while, it was like, do you want to learn Microsoft Word and like touching on white collar? But I think what I love so much about our team up and partnership is we're able to expose and show this new collar employment, jobs that never existed 10 years ago, SEO coordinators, digital ads managers, web builders. It's so exciting to see that. And the fact that people can do it remotely and get jobs in Toronto, but be living two hours north of Winnipeg which is very cool. Absolutely. That's the key. It's, we have great partnerships with banks and we try and encourage people to go into banking careers. Well, go into a banking career. You know, the banks are very generous with scholarships and that's, oh no, I'm not very good with numbers. Well, you don't have to be. 
I mean, banking is, yes, you can work as a teller and or a manager, but you can also be in IT, you can be in HR, you can be in, in marketing, communications, it just goes on and on. I mean, these are, think of the different pathways from through institutions and all the different things you can do from, as you say, the comfort of your own home office. It's incredible. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. We are finding some of our graduates getting jobs out there while they're in school. We found that their hardware wasn't to the level that maybe was necessary. And so Best Buy has even come alongside. Again, when you hire one of these Inspire graduates, the Jelly Academy program, Best Buy has given them a brand new laptop and a brand new cell phone to make sure that their hardware is top level for producing content on their phone and doing the digital marketing from their computers. So um, it's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh, it's pretty cool. And for you personally, like what, what do you love most about Inspire personally? Like what's your favorite part mm-hmm. of the organization or what, what's something that maybe at the, maybe this moment you've been really excited about that you guys are doing? I think for me personally, I started out in the addictions field, went into the healing movement that started in the 90s. And so there were lots of indigenous groups that were invested in trying to help people who had been former students at Indian residential schools to heal, to get past all the things that had happened to them. And so this was tremendously rewarding, but very, very challenging. The subject matter, the stories that people told, the things that had happened to them were absolutely devastating, absolutely devastating. And so that was a very rewarding 17 years in my own life, in the the middle of my own career. But now I've sort of returned to the Indigenous community in a way still helping Still hearing amazing stories of people who went back to school and took their kids with them and graduated and went beyond their wildest dreams. There's a tremendous sense of hope, optimism, positivity with what we're doing at Inspire. Who can't support a a person who wants to make their life better through education? It's really great. It was so rewarding for me to work alongside residential school survivors. And now I think it's equally rewarding to work alongside students who are finding their path. It's incredible. It's incredible, Mike. Switching over to outreach and marketing, just to touch on it, what has been the best method as far as getting students on board to know about Inspire and telling them about Inspire? And what has been the method for getting kind of donors and kind of behind the scenes support for it? Kind of two different business consumer marketing and outreach and promotion to business to business marketing and outreach for you. What is kind of maybe some methods or models that you've been using? I guess it's the whole broadcast, narrowcast kind of concept, right? Is that there is a sense that in the Indigenous community, if you just put up enough signs, send out enough tweets, if you're on the right platform, you'll reach the Indigenous community. Mm-hmm. And in this particular industry with promotion of education or promotion of anything, you know, promotion of health, it's really a narrowcast thing. This is house to house. This is one person at a time, right? This is sitting at a you know, at a booth and spending half an hour with somebody who wants to tell you their story. And then you have to say, okay, well, given that story, here's where we can help. So I think the Indigenous community still remains a very high touch versus high tech kind of prospect. You've really got to spend the time to talk to people as individuals. If you think that a mass market email is going to reach the Indigenous community, you know, galvanize people into action, it just doesn't do that. You've got to have individuals on the ground who have some credibility with the community and can speak to them in the way they'd like to be spoken to. It's incredible. 
And then on the donor support side, what does that look like for you and kind of getting the word out? I think with donors, it's not always the case where the donors are really interested in Indigenous issues because these issues come and go, right? I mean, I tell young people that work for Inspire, I said, work really hard right now because five years from now, Indigenous issues may be entirely ignored. When the door is open, you've got to go through it. You've got to be ready to go through it. You've got to work really hard and to make your case in a marketplace where there's lots of other issues. But right now, Indigenous issues are top of mind for a lot of Canadians. And so what we've got to do is we've got to be prepared to find ways to make advantageous partnerships. There are some groups, some of our colleagues in the resource extraction industry, the banks that have been with us for 15, 16, 17 years, right? Right from the very beginning. And we're very grateful for that support. But it's the new people coming on that we've got to make sure that we have the right story for them. And we can, I think, tell them how a partnership may be really helpful to Indigenous students right now. That's incredible. Mike, anything else that you want to share about kind of like this next season or what you're looking forward to future-wise, kind of what people can be excited about watching as they follow Inspire after uh, this interview? Well, I think we're going to continue, as I say, we're going to give the 400th Inspire Laureate their award this year. So we'll have 400 exemplary citizens in the last three years that we've held high. And I think one of the things that we have to continue to do is to is to continue to identify laureates so that the rest of Canada will know that the Indigenous experience is not always one of hardship and remediation. We're not always trying to fix Indigenous people. The fact of the matter is, there are a lot of Indigenous people who are doing exemplary work in all facets of Canadian life. That's our message, right? I think, and we've got to say, look, we've got to catch this wave. If Indigenous people are coming back to universities and colleges and trade schools in record numbers, let's not let them be turned away for lack of funds. Like that would be a tragedy in terms of what we can expect from Indigenous people in the years to come in terms of their contribution to their own communities, but to Canadian society generally. We really feel an obligation and we know our corporate partners do too, to make things better going forward, like to really support people who have decided to change their life and follow the education. That's amazing. Mike, thank you so much for sharing. This is so inspiring. So great to hear. Are you feeling ready for the rapid fire round? I think so. I think so. All right. Let's give this a go. Let's give this a go. Okay. Nice, quick, short answers. Okay. We got this. We got this. All right. It's a nice Monday okay. here to do this. Here we go. Uh, what was All your right. first ever job that you had? My first job was working in a small northern reserve, and I was the youth coordinator, which meant I had to keep the kids busy during the summer. And so awesome. anything goes as long as yeah. they're busy. Nice. I'm sure you got some stories for sure. Night owl or early bird? Oh, early bird. Nice. A cat or dog person? Dog for sure. Dark or milk chocolate? Dark. What is your favorite word right now? My favorite word would be curate. Very cool. I like that word. It's a great word. And maybe outside of Inspire, maybe you got some, what's the last charity that you supported financially or with your time and why? Well, I'm at Nipissing University. So Nipissing University was the last place, set up a scholarship here, but also a heavy supporter of the lacrosse. Yeah. And, why, and why them? Why lacrosse? I had two sons who played lacrosse for yeah. many years, still do from time to time. And I'm a strong believer in the student experience. Yeah. So university is not just about school. It's yeah. about becoming a person and, you know, and that includes sport. So 
awesome. What's a movie that you just love? You can watch over and over and over again. Oh God, I've watched Shawshank Redemption. I just, I'd be embarrassed to tell you how many times I've watched Shawshank. That's a great one. I like Denzel Washington movies. I tend to have those on, you know, over and over as well. The one with the train, I've watched a number of times. But I think action, where you can just kind of shut off your head and let it all happen, you know? Yeah. Love that. What is your favorite album or song on repeat right now? Song on repeat is old Zeppelin, but only the live versions. Like in my own playlist, I tend to take out all of the studio versions, put in live versions, and then change up if there's other live versions. Because there's a freshness to it. And the imperfection is really good. It's awesome. It's great. In another universe, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? I think I'd work in a university. I think I'd teach. I think that would be... Right now, I'm with the University of Toronto Scarborough, which is my alma mater. So I'm now professor there after 40 years, but really looking forward to being in the classroom. Very cool. Very cool. What's an app on your phone you just can't live without? Oh, yeah, I'm not really a app person. I guess the Air Canada app. That's about as functional as it gets. Yeah. Nice. Favorite children's book? Good Night Moon. My granddaughter loves that. Oh, that's awesome. What's the best thing you ever bought for under $10? An immersion heater. Do you know what those are? No. They were very, very common. Anybody you show that's European, they go, oh, yeah, I used to have that as a kid. Yeah. All it is is something you plug in the wall. Yeah. And it's got a coil. You put it in water and it'll boil your water in a couple of minutes. Okay. So if you're on the road and you're in a hotel and they don't have a kettle. Yeah. This little cord will boil your water. You make tea in the morning and coffee. It's fantastic. It's amazing. That's that's great. Thank you. What's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Well, I'm not completely there, but I think probably I'm beginning to change my mind about remote. Right. I'm an old school guy who believes in there's value in being together in a workplace. And I'm starting to slowly consider certain limited types of remote work. And that's pretty important in this day and age. Yeah, I hear you. We're we're wrestling with the same thing. Business or marketing book that you'd recommend for our readers? I'm reading a book called The Lonely Century. And it goes back to the early days of my addictions experience with Bruce Alexander was a prophet, uh, Simon Fraser, he used to publish. And he used to talk about addiction, not as a moral failing or uh, something that is a sign of weakness, but as a lack of connectedness to others. And there was some interesting science about this. And so our lack of connectedness has carried through for the last decades and was especially I think, obvious during the pandemic, during the real lockdown period. And that lack of connectedness, and look what it's producing now, right? All kinds of anxiety, mental health challenges, and deep loneliness. And that, so this book is interesting in that it talks about the social and business ramifications of loneliness. Now we have to return to a connected society. It's great, good read. Sounds awesome. Podcasts newsletter website that you recommend for resources and inspiration podcast the last one i listened to was the one about the keel burgers yeah right the keel burgers and the whole we enterprise yes you probably listened to it too i, I thought that was a good one that was yeah. really great that's all that's great and this is a big one. we asked uh our guests this and this is perfect for you but skills required for this new economy what kind of uh, job skills or soft skills or, or skills in general that people should be learning at the moment i think it goes back to this sort of connectedness and this idea of the lonely loneliness Mm -hmm. and suddenly feeling that we can work in little cells completely independent of each other 
And so one of the, I think the dying arts is spoken word. I Mm. think the tradition of being able to stand up and give a coherent, sharp, clear presentation is probably one of the skills that's going to be in highest demand as you move forward. It's one thing to have ideas. It's another thing to be able to express them clearly. That's going to be a real skill. Well, Mike, a real honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Where can people find you, learn more about you and inspire? Where should people go? Well, inspire.ca is a great spot. Check out our wonderful laureates this year on June 19th on CBC and APTN in the evening. You're going to see some vignettes of some extraordinary people and people who have made contributions to our community and others. And I think if you know Indigenous students, in especially at the high school level, encourage them to attend our events, Soaring and our national gathering, to get them involved in the whole post-secondary experience. Will do. Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for being on Marketing News Canada. Appreciate it. I'm going to put it links in the bio. I'm sure even the awards gala will probably even show up on ABTN's Lumi and maybe even CBC Gem. So you can look for it there. Gem. If you do not have cable television, there are some alternatives. Thanks to CBC and APTN. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everyone for joining us this episode on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.